The following has been a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Jesus Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com. Amen. Amen. Well, as you guys know, the last several weeks we've been in a series called Flawless. And Richie and I have actually been hearing a few testimonies of what God's been doing in people's lives by this, the series of being flawless and getting some revelations. And I would like to read one of the testimonies of one of the ladies in our church. This is from Missy Draper, and I've gotten permission from her to read this testimony, but it's an awesome testimony. It says, I have always struggled at loving myself and being okay with who I am. Anybody else deal with that? Years of insecurities and failed relationships, the things that have been spoken over me and not being able to look in the mirror had a negative effect on me. Sunday, the song Flawless spoke to me like Jesus was standing right before me. I've heard it on the radio many times, but Sunday, God's sweet spirit said, I made you to be the way you are, and I love you the way you are. You are uniquely made by me, and that makes you flawless. As I was videoing the song, I began to cry a lot, not knowing what an impact at that time it would have on me. I felt like at that moment, I, w- I, re- moment, I was released from years of fear, anxiety, shame, sadness, struggles of who I really am, and I embraced who God says that I am. I prayed for this day for so long, and I know I must stay plugged into his sweet spirit so the devil can't creep in and whisper lies in my ear. So thank you, Pam Brown and the band, for setting the stage on such a moment for, this, as my, for my revelation and peace to come. I am flawless. Amen. Amen. Praise God that lives are being changed. As we continue to grow in the revelation of what Christ has done on the cross for us, our lives are being changed. We can't help but see have our lives being changed because in the presence of God, our lives are changed. Those of us who have believed in Jesus and have received him into their life, they have been made flawless. And you have to kind of get a revelation of this. You have to really receive it and know you may not feel flawless, but it's not about you. And I'm going to get into this in just a little bit. It's because of the cross. So let's dive a little bit deeper and let's talk about what flawless really means. Flawless in the dictionary says this. It says, having no defects or faults, especially none that diminish the value of something. It means legally sound. It means having no discernible blemishes or shortcomings. It means perfect. So did you know that the Old Covenant, according to the law, every time a man sinned, he would have to bring a sin offering to the priest? Imagine how often we would be visiting the priest if we were still living in the Old Covenant. We would be visiting him several times a day. I'm bringing our sin offering to the priest. Well, I'm going to use my son Christian as an example today. He did not know I was going to do this in the first service, and I really embarrassed him. 
<laughs> but he's going to be he's going to be my uh, little example today. He's going to be my sheep. Bah. <laughs> okay. So, what would happen? The first thing that would happen is that the priest would have to examine the lamb to ensure that it had no blemishes on it, okay? So we would look at the lamb from head to toe. Oh, he's got a blemish right there. It's got a little heart on him. Where did that come from? <laughs> okay. So anyway, so the, the priest would look, for, look at him and make sure that the lamb and make sure that it was, had no blemishes from head to toe. The lamb had to be flawless, flawless without blemish because it speaks of Jesus's perfection, so it wasn't about the priest's perfection or the person bringing the sacrifice. It was about the lamb. And the reason that's so important is because Jesus became, became our sin sacrifice, right? He was the perfect, sinless sacrifice without wrinkle, without blemish, without anything wrong with him. And so he represents this is a foreshadowing. The Old Testament is a foreshadowing of what's going to happen with Christ coming. So the Old Testament, though, was the, the priest would look, make sure the lamb was perfect. And Jesus knew no sin and committed no sin. He is the true sacrificial lamb. So after the priest examined your sin offering, you must lay your hands on his head. So I'm laying my hands on his head. And so when I did that, that would mean my, my sins would be transferred to the lamb. Well, with Jesus, when we believe in Jesus, what happens is our sins were transferred to him on the cross, but then his righteousness is imputed back to me. Isn't that amazing? So Jesus is the perfect sinless lamb, and because of the sacrifice, and because he was perfect and he was made perfect, um, we are now, we are, his, his righteousness is now given to us because he is the perfect sinless lamb, okay? So you can be seated. Thanks, Christian. So when I, when I would lay my hands on the lamb, my sins are transferred to the innocent lamb, and after you would lay your hands on the lamb, you had to kill it. The lamb must die because all your sins have been transferred to his body. And because it dies bearing your sins, you go free. Amen. In the same way, Jesus had to die on the cross with your sins so that you might go free. He was not murdered. He came to lay down his life for you and me. He chose to become our sin offering on the cross. He did not have to come but he wanted to. That's been something I've been thinking about quite a bit. Just, he didn't have to come. He wanted to come. He really wanted to come. He didn't have to. He wanted to. Man, think about that for a second. If you had the choice, you know, God had the choice. And I think about this even as he's in the garden of Gethsemane. And this is right before he's going to the cross. Just think about all the things. Because he's totally human and totally God at the same time. So for him to choose to lay his life down 
It was definitely a choice. He knew what was going to happen to him. He knew the pain, the agony, the suffering, and everything that it would take because he understood the payment of sin and how, how God could not accept sin. There is nothing in the Old Covenant. You could not measure up, be good enough to measure up, to be perfect enough for, for Christ, for God. And so... The only way, the only way it was going to happen was for, for Christ to come as the perfect sin offering and to lay his life down for you and me. And I've heard this before, but I thought, well, maybe, maybe not. But you know that he would have done it if it would have only been you on the planet. He would have done it. He would have done it just for you. So he did not have to. He wanted to. And that's why when John the Baptist saw Jesus, he said in, in John 1, 29, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And the Apostle Paul said this in 2 Corinthians five twenty one: For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. This is how you are made flawless. It means that the moment you've received Christ into your life, all your sins were transferred to Jesus. That's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. And just think about this. You know Jesus died before you were ever born. So you understand that every single one of your sins were future sins. You weren't born when he died for your sins. And he still knew every sin you would commit, and he bore them on the cross. That's why it's a, it's a, you, were, you were forgiven of past, present, and future sins because all your sins were future sins before you were ever, ever born. So this is how we're made flawless. So let's say this together. I have been made flawless. I have been made flawless. How many of you guys have your bracelets? Okay, so we still probably have a few of those left, but at Easter we gave out bracelets. And so if you haven't gotten yours... Just go pick one up at guest services because this is just a reminder to every day. You know what? I've been made flawless. I'm flawless. I'm flawless. We need to be reminded of who we are and not reminded of everything else in our life that that would cause us to think that we're less than. So Jesus died in your place as your sin offering so that you might go free. But there's more. Not only did he die for our sins, but he also took the stripes on his back for our total and complete healing. Simply put, Jesus not only took our sins and exchanged them for our freedom, but he also paid for us to appropriate total and complete healing in our bodies. Physical, mental, and emotional health. Total and complete wellness. How many of you guys would like to be walking in that total and complete wellness in your life? Amen? I would. On top of that, Jesus made us joint heirs with him. So everything that Jesus has been given by the Father has been given to us by Jesus Christ as our inheritance. 1 John four seventeen says this, As he is, so are we in this world. And here's where I want to sit for just a second. Is Jesus, is he sick? Is he lacking in any way? I mean, in heaven, you have to understand, the streets are paved of pure gold. There's no lack of resources with our God. No lack of anything with our God. He has everything. He owns the 
the cattle of a thousand hills. There is no resource that he does not have provision for. Everything is at his disposal. Everything that you see, the air that you breathe, everything is from him. He has made all things. And so we have to look at God. We've made God so small in our eyes. We need to look at him in the majesty and the beauty of who he truly is. He's the almighty God, the author and finisher of our faith. He created the heavens from beginning to the end. He knows every star and placed them in its place. He knows their name. He's even given them a name. He's given us breath to breathe. He knows every hair on on your head. He knows your intricate beings. He knows everything about you. There's 7 billion people on the planet, yet he knows you by name. He doesn't. You're not an accident. You're not an accident. You were designed for, to be here in 2016 because you were, you were called to be here in 2016. So you have a destiny and you have a plan that God has given you in your heart to, to fulfill. There's nothing. Um, you see, what Christ did on the cross has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with Jesus. You, you can't earn it. You can't be good enough to deserve it. It's all about him. It's all about his grace and his unmerited favor. And I just want to say this. You know, this past week, we've had a lot going on in our family. Just a lot, a lot of things happening. We're, we're preparing for a wedding, which you are all invited to, and I hope you come to. We'll be letting you know about that in the future. Um, but our son, Richie, is getting married in June to Brianna, who's sitting here in the front row. And you know, we're so excited. There's been a lot of big events that are coming up, and we've been, so just a lot happening. And this week, I mean, Richie had asked me to speak the week of Easter, and, and I've been preparing and thinking about it. And as I was doing that, I was like, Lord, you know, you know how much time I have here. And I'm going to have to use it, like, really wisely, and you're just going to have to download what it is you want me to say and help me. And, you know, it's like, then this morning I get up, and I'm like, okay, Okay, did I spend enough time in prayer? Did I do all the right things? You know, could I have done more? And I was just realizing how I myself fall back into the trap of feeling like I need to make sure that I was good enough and did enough works so that God would bless me so that I could speak the right words this morning. Does that make sense? So it's so easy to fall into this trap when it's, this is not about me. I want, obviously want to do the very best job that I can do, but it's not about me. It's about, it's about Jesus. And so I'm not blessed or anointed because I did X amount of time in prayer. I'm blessed and anointed because I am a child of the Most High God, and that I'm, I'm righteous because of who he is in me. This is not about me. This is about him. It's easy to make it about ourselves, though. It has everything to do with Jesus, and because we are in him, we are blessed with his inheritance, not our own. Now, that's pretty awesome. See, I know what my inheritance looks like. And I know what God's inheritance looks like. It's a big difference. God's inheritance is everything is completely, there's no lack with him. There's nothing that, uh, it, there's all his resources. He's, he's a good provider is what I'm trying to get at. He's taking care of us. And I believe it's time for us as believers to start walking in all of our inheritance and even our inheritance earthly is, just doesn't compare to what God's inheritance is because his, his inheritance includes healing, restoration of relationships. It, it has so much more than just the natural inheritance that we are used to, you know, hearing about. But it's time for us as believers to walk in our inheritance from Jesus. Jesus' precious blood paid a dear price for it, 
And now it's time for us to start receiving it. Sometimes we have a dif- difficulty receiving. Anybody here have a hard time receiving from others? Like, it's easy to give, but, like, you have a harder time, like, when somebody gives you something, you're like, oh, you really shouldn't have done that, you know? You're like, oh, no, that was awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, well, I know a lot of us are hard, we have a difficult time receiving. I think we, we have a hard time receiving God's goodness in our life as well. But it's already been paid for in full. And I think sometimes we feel like we're putting God out when we go to him. I have a son, one of my sons is um, 22, and he's in the uh, process of purchasing a house. And about three or four weeks ago, we needed some, there's some paperwork that needed to be done, and he was working on it. And one of the things was, there were some things he just didn't know, and, and I could tell he had that look on his face of, man, I'm feeling overwhelmed. And I just, you know, when you know your kids, you can kind of read them. And I was like, Richie, what's going on? And so we talked about it, and he said, man, I've got this, this, and this, and this. I said, Richie, I've done this before. Let us help you. And so we, within three hours, we got like two days of, that it would have taken him two days. It took us like three or four hours to take care of all the stuff that needed to be done, sent to the right people so it could get processed. Well, and I told him, you know, the Lord spoke to me through that too. He said, you know, Sometimes we feel like we need to do things on our own. God has already, he's, he saved us from our sins. That's, you know, so now we should just, you know, we need to just get up and do our, you know, uh, pay our way and do our thing and not, we don't want to be a bother to God because he's already done so much. And just like my, with my son, I, I told him, I said, I wanted to help you. I want to, it's my, it's my pleasure to help you accomplish what needs to be done here. And the same way it was with God. God wants us to come to him. He loves to help us. Even in the small menial things that we think are menial, that we are not sure we should go to God about, God wants you to go to him. Jesus wants you to go to him. He cares about those things. And I have two amazing boys, and they are my boys. I carried them for nine months. I gave birth to them. I've been a part of raising them for the past 22 years, and nothing in this world is going to keep me from loving my boys. Everything good about my boys is from me. Everything not so good is from their dad. No, just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. And, you know, um, I may not love everything they do, but I will love my boys with every fiber of my being until I die. Nothing is going to keep me from loving my kids. And you guys who have kids know what I'm talking about. There may be disappointments and things that happen, but there's nothing that's going to keep you from loving them. Now, there may be times when I don't hear from them very often unless they want food or money. And then I get a phone call, hey, mom, what are we doing for lunch? Hey, what are your lunch plans? Or sometimes if Christian hasn't had any food, there's no food in the house and I haven't been grocery shopping in a while, he'll come and get the credit card and he'll go shopping and he'll go get his own food. But you know, there's nothing I wouldn't do for my kids and my kids have access to everything that is mine. Why? Because they're my kids. They're not afraid to come and get whatever they want out of the refrigerator. And they know anything in there is free for the taking. And that's in anything in our life. If they need anything, they know they can come to us. And we are more than happy to help out. In the same way, God has made provisions for us. And all we have to do is believe and receive from him. And how do you know what you believe? 
by what comes out of your mouth. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know, there's a lot of times in my own life that I still hear myself saying things, and I'm like, ah, that is really not who I am. You catch yourself doing that too? Well, what we believe is really whatever is coming out of our mouth. That's what we really believe. We may say, we may say, oh, I believe this or that, but then what we really, what really comes out of our mouth on a constant basis, that's what we really believe. So it's, it's time for us to start seeing ourselves and what we are in God's eyes and who we are in Christ. We are the sons and the daughters of the Most High God. And we are joint heirs with Christ. We need to hold our head up high. And we need to believe that if God's word said it, that we can receive it. It's ours. It's already, it's already been provided for. I think the enemy just tries to hold us down and keep us from really receiving those things because he knows when we're walking in vic- a victorious Christian life what an impact we have in the world. So many of you guys know, but my son Richie's also been diagnosed with an autoimmune disease um, a few months ago, rapid alopecia areata, and we watched him lose three-fourths of his hair in a matter of about three weeks. And as a parent, you're trying to gather as much information as you can to see how to stop it. You try to figure out how to fix it. And, you know, it's not life-threatening, but it's still scary when you're seeing your 22-year-old lose his hair all over the place. There's just nothing fun about it. Um, We could settle for the thinking, well, if he loses his hair, it's not the end of the world. It's just hair. And that's true. But that's not what, what God's Word says about my son and for my son. And I to believe and I declare that my son is healed from the inside out. Every fiber of his being has to line up with the word of God. And by the stripes that Jesus bore on his back, he is healed. His hair is being fully restored and the enemy has to repay seven times what he has tried to steal from my son. No sickness can have him. No fear can have him. No, he's not only my son. He's also the king's kid. He belongs to the most high God. And he cares about this issue that we've been dealing with. And he's healed. And, you know, we've had to really, really stand on this word. And I believe that I was talking to a friend yesterday, and she was telling me, you know, I just really believe that the enemies tried to come and steal the seed of the word that you and Richie have been speaking and praying believing. Richie's been speaking on this. He's been, um, we've been believing for people to be getting healed and stuff. And wouldn't it be just like the enemy to try to come right at your own family and try to bring all this doubt and fear and unbelief and and, and just the stuff that believing that your son is going to be the one who's not going to be healed. And I'm telling you today, he is healed in Jesus name. I believe it and I declare it in Jesus name. And we are seeing the fruit of it. We really are seeing the fruit of his hair coming back. But we're, we're believing that his whole body is healed. So, you know, we're in instant society where we want to say one prayer, and if that doesn't work, we give up so easily. We've got to get to the place where we believe so deeply that we are unshakable in our belief of what God's Word says. We have to know what this book says. This is, the, this is the living, breathing word of God. And everything in it is alive and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. 
And it's alive in our lives today. And if you will read it and apply it to your life, you will see the miraculous things take place. So you, but you have to believe, even when you don't see it. The circumstances around me may say, he still doesn't have all of his hair. But what the truth of God's word says, that he's already been healed in Jesus' name. Now, appropriate that, appropriate that in your life. What is it that you have been dealing with, that you're believing God for, that you have given up hope? Let me speak life into, the, into hopelessness today. That God is bigger than any issue, any illness, any situation that you can be facing today. God is bigger. God is bigger, and he will provide the resources and all the provision to take care of the needs that you are facing today. We have to get to that place where we just know that we know that we know that we know what the word says, because you know other people and other things are going to say things that are opposite from the word of God. You know that. There's going to be people in your life doubting and, and saying, well, that, that would be nice, but that's probably not going to happen. I mean, I'm just saying that's what's happened in our own life. So you have to know what you believe. And so when, when, when the hard times come, what you speak is what you know that you believe. We don't have to work ourselves up, you know, to, to be blessed by God, but we just have to rest in his goodness and believe what he said he will do he will do it. Mark 11, 24, 11, verse 24 says this. I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you have received it, it will be yours. If you believe and do not doubt, you will have what you have asked for in prayer. That's like an incredible scripture. You should write that down. Because this scripture right here says, I tell you, if you pray for anything, and if you believe... You have received it, it will be yours. If you believe, and here's the key, and do not doubt, you will have what you ask for in prayer. And you say, well, that's really hard because, you know, I'm, I'm praying, but I, I feel a little doubtful. I'm t- if you will keep saying what, what the word of God says, and you say it so much, you keep saying it, and you keep declaring it, and you keep declaring it, it becomes your, your reality more than the negative becomes your reality. So you just, but you have to keep speaking that positive. You just have to keep doing that. I believe that God wants us to pray and come to him boldly and to believe and to receive from him today. So as I'm closing, I want to remind you that God has made you flawless. It is not what you did. It's nothing that you did except to believe on him and receive from him. Everything else has come totally, it's all about him. And because of the cross and the price that was paid in full by Jesus, we, is, we have also been made the sons and daughters of the Most High God. So I just This has say- been a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Jesus Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com.